Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. This is Insanely Chill. This is the weekend edition. I'm you done? Uh, I'm, I'm still plugging. I'm still plugging your shit on my Instagram. God, um, I look horrible today. Today, uh, today I have my friend Hassan Piker here. Yeah. What did, what would your title be? Like news? <laughs> Hassan Piker news. Person? News. <laughs> just, just news. I'm going to write that on this. Yeah. Hassan, Hassan Piker, Piker news. Just news. Just news. Um, I would News say reporter, caster, political, digital, sorry, political I'll, I'll stop, yeah. <laughs> stop <Indeed>. interrupting <laughs> I'll let you do, I'll let you say what you are. No, I'm a political commentator or a political pundit, or it's just like a broader scope, but maybe a political journalist at times, but not necessarily given the fact that I rarely uncover uh, new things that are happening, gotcha. but mostly spectate and commentate. Gotcha. Yeah. Comment. And, and digital influencer In- influencer i would say that's yeah. such a shitty term i fucking hate it it's Everyone like it's like a term it. that i hate uh just like millennials like yeah. i hated it for so long and now it's like i have a podcast now called millennial scum because is that what it's, i was searching for i saw one of your stories or something and you said you started a podcast it's very difficult to find because why because I, I am so terrible at everything outside of <laughs> writing and and like critically thinking about things that donald trump is doing okay. outside of everything outside of that i'm really fucking bad at okay like really normal tasks throughout the day are incredibly difficult for me. <laughs> like like getting your podcast on itunes getting my po- is it okay. on itunes because i searched for it I c- it's not on itunes so it's, it's just not on like iTunes. it's, it's just super on, underground it's just on soundcloud we've been performing exceptionally well for like i've asked other people like you know we got the first episode which is now unavailable like you can't even find it because i don't even have a soundcloud oh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't have a I sound i don't even have shit. a fucking soundcloud pro account yeah. so the first episode is not even available but when it was for the set first seven days we got like two thousand listens like you know a bunch of followers like it was pretty it's doing well like the second episode got like another two thousand views is that good I mean, yeah let me ask you your podcast maestro so. i mean any yeah when you're starting a podcast when you're starting from scratch i mean anything's anything's good right like if, yeah. you, if you automatically have an audience that's great yeah um it's, I mean, I feel like, and I feel like you guys have like a niche. Is it, who else hosted with you? So are you um, still, <laughs> I'm still, still? I'm telling you, even this sort of stuff is so difficult. <laughs> it's so difficult for me. If you're just listening. He's still fucking around with his phone. He like did a little promo at the beginning. Yeah. And now, what are you, what are you doing? Hashtagging it now? No, I just tagged you in it. I was trying to find, I'm so, I'm so bad at everything. Honestly. What are you talking about? Your stories are good. There's some of the, there's some of the best in terms of like personality. You know what oh, I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. It's because I, oh, do you mean the ones where I just like stare deeply into the camera and like, you know, just make the fuck me eyes? There was a camera with like rap music, popular rap songs. I don't, I don't really enjoy those ones oh, you don't want as much as probably some of your other audience does. Just that. That's all I do for those of you who want to go follow me on my Instagram at Hassan D. Piker. I'm just talking about the shit where you're like, oh, like, you know what I mean? It's like the gym and like you're eating and stuff like that. These are struggles we all fucking face yeah. as a relatable 26 year old male. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just I don't know. I feel like I, 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 I relate to that shit, which is what I just said. Yeah. No, it's who, relatable AF. Who co hosts your podcast? Um, so I have two co hosts. Uh, one is Will Neff, who works at full screen. Oh, yeah. uh, he's an ex BuzzFeed guy. Good dude. Um, really yeah. funny guy. Yeah. Fucking hilarious dude. Love him. He's one of my best friends. And uh, he actually used to work for a libertarian think tank before he went over to BuzzFeed. So he has like 
both sides of the political spectrum, like two extremes or Buzzfeed, I would consider very super woke, like very progressive, um, borderline, sometimes detrimental even. Okay. Um, but they also do good work. And then full, uh, and then reason is like hyper extreme libertarian, um, you know, free market capitalism all the way, uh, think tank. Okay. Worked at. These are, and then, and I then can went, see how bored you are already by me talking about politics. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, this shit like genuinely interests me. I just don't talk about it on my, yeah. Usually it, I'm just talking, I just talk about like farts and right. you know, Dude, I, Hey, relatable. This one's everybody I fart. farts. I fart all the time. Hell, I farted this morning. Yeah. yeah you know what wow. I mean? Yeah. Was, big one. You know what? You know what I would call you're brave. Or you're a brave guy. That's mostly what this podcast is. This is you exploring the things that you do and, and not being afraid. Exactly. To talk about, to talk about farts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my other co-host, uh, going back to the original thing, um, my other co-host is a very fascinating dude who's like kind of all right, but not really. Okay. Are you familiar with all? Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. Like um, he's not super like he, he's not a Nazi. But he definitely knows a lot about the alt-right. Like, he's okay. fascinated and has engaged okay. to, to some degree. Um, but he voted for Hillary Clinton and still loves Donald Trump. He's just a very interesting guy. He, he, li- he likes Donald Trump. Yeah, loves Donald Trump. So that's got to make for some good Love. conversation. Oh, for sure. All the time. you hate him? Yes. Okay. But the, the thing is, I don't hate I love Donald Trump in many ways. In many different ways. He's a fascinating individual. Um, he's remarkably entertaining, I will admit, but also terrifying at the same time for a lot of different people, like terrifying for minority communities in a lot of different ways, terrifying for even specifically Muslims, um, Latinos, black people, his hyper, uh, his best fans are like... (laughs) kind of suspect i i know that i wasn't gonna talk about no 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 it's I'm, good no it's we very need, we need this we need this on we insanely need this we need a not we need a not as chill episode of insanely this chill is, i'm probably the least chill person. <laughs> yeah. i know i was like this would be different when yeah. you're like yeah i want to come on i was like yeah fuck yeah what are you guys normally talking about it, i told you it's just farts just fart <laughs> that's it that's the only thing um yeah no okay. no no i mean we'll talk about we'll talk about politics sometimes Sometimes I'm not really a fan of Trump. No, never have been. I mean, I'm Canadian. You're Brave. you're international too, right? Yeah. Well, I'm a dual citizen. You so are. I'm an American citizen, but I'm also yeah. But I'm also I'm what is known as an anchor baby. Okay. Which um, is what? Uh, when your parents that aren't, or at least one parent isn't an American citizen, gives birth to you in America, so you can be an American uh, citizen. Uh, but your parents. Yeah, my dad's like Turkish citizen. Has a green card now. My mom is a, a U.S. citizen. Uh, she turned. She got citizenship later on in her life, and I'm I have dual citizenship. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Turkey. I oh. grew up in Istanbul, and I grew up in Ankara, and Ankara is the capital. And then I came here eight years ago when because I my entire life I was like I want to go to college in America. Okay, I because I thought it was insanely chill. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, I well, from what like you watch like movies and shit like yeah American Pie like, like this that's... is this is embarrassing okay. but I I I'm unafraid to admit this I was that's watching... good just what this podcast yeah. is about <laughs> yeah you're like Oprah that's that's who you are <laughs> the Oprah of the, farts the Oprah of fart farts. jokes <laughs> um yeah no I uh, I even watched the show Greek yes I fucking watched that show too man I feel like nobody else watched that show. 
Yeah. What channel was it even on? I, I remember, have no idea. I, I don't know how I found it. it. Yeah, me too. It. Me too. 100%. Yeah. yeah, very terrible show looking back at it now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude, I tried watching it again, I think, like last year and was like, this is so bad. I have no idea what I found interesting in the show, but it, I was the same age as you probably watching that being like, yeah. this is this is what I want to experience. Um, I feel that way, except um, I still think it has rewatch value, but I'm embarrassed to admit it about Entourage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do <laughs> you like, feel that same way? I feel like um, it shouldn't have rewatch value, but it does. It totally does. <laughs> in, in, um, no, Greek is way worse. No, no, Greek is a thousand times worse. Yeah. It's a thousand times more embarrassing, but Entourage is also somewhat embarrassing yeah. when you think about it. Like, yeah. I, you know what? A funny story I saw E, like in real life, like oh. walking across the street, and it was, I was in like somewhere in Hollywood, and he's walking across the street, and the sun's going down. And I was like, I've seen this before on the show. Like, this just looks like a <laughs> scene from the show. I'm walking across some L.A. road. The glory of, of and glamour of Hollywood life. Yeah. You see E uh, <laughs> randomly. That's, that's the benefit of living in L.A. Man. Just see real life scenes from Entourage. You know how I know you live in a nicer apartment than me? Because of the, the giant the, green screen? <laughs> no. No. That's, that's very that's social. No, I have, I, saw, I have candles too. I'm not a fucking <laughs> Philistine, okay? okay? No, um, the blinders. What about the blinders? In Los Angeles, you can accurately depict um, someone's socioeconomic class by looking at their blinders. Okay. If you have uh, next level upscale blinders like those, rather than oh. the vertical ones that uh. I have that I was bitching about on my Instagram story earlier this morning, um, and some people will relate and know what this is like when you live in a Los Angeles apartment, and there's just there's a lot going on outside. Yeah. I don't know if this is picking it up, but this is this is so this is every per, this is the noisiest goddamn neighborhood. Oh, okay. For some reason, it's, it's like at night it's like super quiet, and then as soon as it the sun comes up, it's like people with fucking leaf blowers and like doing construction right outside on nothing all the time. <laughs> there's just a guy just like hitting a hammer See? on the sidewalk. What there's is going just on? Beep for no reason. <laughs> this is a, I like it. It's the least chill in St. Louis podcast episode. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I have those vertical blinders that fucking break all the time. Have you ever lived in an apartment? Um, I, I've never lived in an apartment with vertical blinders, but I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. In college I did actually. Bourgeoisie. bourgeoisie (laughs) I mean, I know son of a bitch. I know they exist. Yes. I mean, like I've, I've never, (laughs) no, God, no, (laughs) um, those things suck though. They fucking come off. They they break break all the time. They suck. They're so loud. Like light. They never stop swinging. Yeah. Light breeze and they break, and then all of a sudden, because I live on the floor, like on the ground level, I can no longer masturbate without like seven people walking by my room. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I, I come immediately when that happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get off on that shit. I look them in the eye. Yeah, as they like, <laughs> <laughs> the money shot. <laughs> Dude, I kind of freak out about that because I got the room over here. Yeah, and I'm always kind of like, like. You know what I mean? You can't really, you can sort of see up into it from the sidewalk. I've checked because I'm like a little bit paranoid. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, same. Sometimes, you know, when I, when I, I go I, to, you know, do the business, you know, like you get a little bit paranoid. I put the, you know, I close the lid of my laptop so that, you know, the government doesn't watch me. Do you have, do wait, hold on. Yeah, I got the little eyesight thing on there. Right here. Dude, uh, I just checked you guys. Um, Cody's compromised, first of all. Like he doesn't even have a tab on his uh, MacBook webcam. Should I have, should I have like tape on there? Dog. You think so? Fucking James Comey and Mark Zuckerberg have tapes on their motherfucking <laughs> laptops. Like that's when that was a 
I know. That was a moment that, tr- like, really, that was a transformative moment for me where I realized, like, oh, my God, James Comey was, like, on a fucking webcast or some shit. James Comey's the previous director of the FBI, for those of you who don't know. Um, very important figure uh, with the Hillary email scandal, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, he's the director of the FBI, and he's talking about cybersecurity on a webcast, and I see his fucking laptop in the background, and he and he had a tape over his camera. And it's like, oh my god, <laughs> if he has tape over his camera, I need to, yeah, I need tape over mine as well. Jesus fuck, man! You probably have like I'm, some I'm, some Russian black site is just like uh, has you know seventeen uh, gigs of no seventeen terabytes of you just furiously masturbating to fucking foot porn. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> just like, yep. Probably even more than that. Picking your nose. I'm just speaking from personal experience. Like, <laughs> taking a poop and then and then masturbating while you're you're like I'm, while I'm here, I might as well go on. <laughs> I'm naked. <laughs> I'm already halfway there. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I, I bet you. Like, if if that's true, all of our videos probably are the exact. We probably, probably sure. probably all the exact same. Yeah, no, for sure. That's still fucking scary, though. I'm gonna right after this. Yeah. I'm gonna put some tape. No. I'm kind of nervous right now. You're watching me right now, probably. Yeah. The camera's yeah. pointed right at my yeah. face. It's like Guccifer is out there in Romania. Like, oh, yeah. it's my favorite. Cody <laughs> Kosho. I get to watch it I love for it. free. <laughs> I love it for free. I don't need iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be good for your podcast too. Because no, yeah, yeah. Yours I, isn't even on. Are you gonna get it on iTunes? Yes. It's not hard, dude. It's it's fucking hard. It's not hard. Well, you it's, live and you learn, though. That's yeah. what with me. I went through the same thing where my first episode got taken off. Then I realized I had to up, upgrade to SoundCloud. But here's a tip: don't host on SoundCloud. Yeah, don't uh, move I'm to Libsyn late. or something like that. I'm too late. <laughs> but no, yeah. but I migrated. I, I had mine on SoundCloud. Migrated the whole thing. So is I can it Libsyn? Don't that you have to want. pay for Libsyn though? You do, but yeah, so that's you're gonna have to pay for it. I need it's not that expensive. No, I know, I know. I need to get like I need to get a Patreon going. Well, originally we started it because my managers were like, "Yo." <clears throat> podcasts are tight everyone's doing it and like i was like this is weird i've been a podcast nerd for you know to half a decade over a decade now and and people used to scoff at me and look at me like i'm a weirdo because i was listening to like early episodes of joe rogan experience and like what the fuck with mark Marin and and npr shit and yeah. people were just like what is why are why aren't you entertaining yourself with music in your car yeah yeah and now Every manager and an agent in Los Angeles is like, you need a podcast. It's the new book deal. Yeah. Like, they're like, you need a podcast immediately. It's um, funny, like, everyone that should have been doing podcasts were, was doing them. And now we're all like, you know, <laughs> we come through, like, all of us pieces of shit. Hey, yeah, I think I could do this. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, I feel as though um, it, it's warranted for me to do a podcast. Like, no, I think you, <laughs> yeah. I think it's more warranted for you to do yeah. it than me Um, but yeah so but it's really it's a lot of fun i really enjoy talking for a very long time and for the most part and i'm sure you go through this as well where it's like your videos are edited and um i mean what i'm trying to uh get a point across we're taking a quick break to thank our sponsor tmg studios and before you say anything yes it's completely fine that my own production company sponsored my own podcast daddy's got to scratch his own back sometimes When you sign up for TMG Studios, you don't just get ad-free episodes of Insanely Chill, you get all of our shows ad-free. And with the Studios tier, you get access to hundreds of unfiltered bonus episodes from our other shows like Brooke and Connor and TMG. So go to TMGstudios.tv and sign up for TMG Studios tier to get access to ad-free and bonus episodes. Uh, and, And oftentimes there's a lot of nuance that revolves around political discourse and I need to like shove it, cram it into a five to six minute, yeah. you know, video. Yeah. 
uh, it's very difficult to do that. Yeah. So I do enjoy doing like we do like three hour long podcasts. I don't know how long, how long is this one going to go? Oh, like an hour. Oh, okay. Hour yeah. fifteen. We do like three like hours. <laughs> really? Yeah. And you have no problem talking mm, for that amount of time. Mm, fuck no, dude. I mean, I talk for a living. I really love it. Yeah. Like, so my brain starts to melt after like an hour. That's why. No, we we also have a lot to talk about. Though. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like, I mean, we always have a preset format. There's a lot going on in the world, obviously. So yeah. we have a lot of things to talk about every week. Uh, one of the reasons why I um, somewhat appreciate Donald Trump. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because he gives you fodder for oh. content. Yeah. And what, and Tommy Lauren, tell me about, tell Tom, me about Tommy Lauren. Tommy Lauren. Um, she just got a job at Fox News. Officially. Did she really? Yeah. This week. Um, and uh, yeah, she's, they're where, so where did she get fired fucking from? stoked to have her. She got fired from the blaze. Okay. Right. Which is Glenn Beck's network. Uh, ironically, Glenn Beck also, um, I just announced earlier this week that uh, they are laying off a shitload of staff. Um, yeah, Tommy Lauren, you know, single-handedly as a 22-year-old female commentator in the pundit verse, which is very male-dominated, um, rose to tremendous success in a very short uh, amount of time. And I'll admit that's it's that's crazy. Like that is that's an admirable feat. Uh, but the the reality is that she did it by spewing just vitriol and hate and just some of the worst takes I've ever seen or heard in my entire life. Stuff that she believes, right? Like, no, I don't think think so. I don't think she believes, uh, all of the things she's saying. I think she's very good at regurgitating, uh, these like very old, um, you know, conservative barstool conversations. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean barstool, like, you know, the K Marco shit. I'm talking like straight up, you're in a bar, you're like a Republican living in the South or, you know, even up North, like in the Midwest, Rust Belt, wherever. And, you know, you you turn to your Republican friends, you go, yeah, the thing about these, these black folk. Yeah. Like it's, they're, they're, they're thugs, right? We, we know this. Yeah. Like, so that's basic. And then she took that. She took all of those talking points and essentially wrapped it with a new coat of paint. And it's like a 22-year-old pretty prom queen. Um coat of paint and just regurgitates all those weird talking points i've seen some of her some of her old tweets you know those you've yeah. seen those yeah she's fun she used to be fun she's like she used to just be like a college girl i smell sex and candy yeah like, you know just like it's gonna be a fun night if you get me wet like i might uh, uh boy if you get me wet i might uh drown you that's one of her tweets yeah she tweeted that yeah and just like didn't delete it or what? Of course she deleted it. Are you kidding me? These are all like, but nothing is ever deleted on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I know, I know. People cache that shit so quickly and they screen cap it on Twitter. You know what I mean? It's just funny how you can go from that just like normal, just just a just a college person. I, I'm a firm believer that people do evolve. I I, I do think that people can change. Um, I think I think so too. Yeah, like I I think that they can. Um, but I don't think that she changed so drastically. Um, I, I think it was probably uh, partially due to the positive feedback that she got for yeah. saying some horrific shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's all, she's equated the fucking uh, KKK to Black Lives Matter. And um, but originally when she first tweeted that out like a year ago and then Trevor Noah had a conversation with her about it and she was like, oh, she seemed to be embarrassed by it. And now that's like public, the public is the president basically said that two weeks ago. Yeah. So now that's like a real thing. 
So I guess, um, you know, we're moving in a very weird conservative tangent right now after eight years of social progress that yeah. we saw. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. But yeah, I won't get too much into so, it. So, so, I was just going to say, I keep so, saying, much for, like, so much for not talking about politics. I know. No, I like, I'm telling you, this shit, it like interests me straight up. Yeah. I mean, I mean this I like, is my entire life. So like, yeah. I literally, what you see on camera is what you get. Like, I, this is for the most part, all I talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you were, you tweeted about the daily show. Oh, today? earlier, yeah, today. What do you think about the Daily Show? Well, I got a lot of backlash for that, actually. Really? People were like, "If you, mu- if I must choose between you and Trevor, I'm afraid I'm going to go with Trevor." No, I'm like, you well, can watch both. And, and, <laughs> like, we're, yeah, you don't have to choose. Like, we're still on the same team. I just said I'm disappointed, genuinely, with like the direction that it's heading. Um, yeah, I think there is a rift between the Democratic in the Democratic Party right now. Um, at a time when we should be super unified and we somewhat are and you see a lot of amazing activism coming out of the Democratic Party and also Democrats in general on the streets, uh, both super left people, but then also, you know, neo what uh, some people call neoliberals. Yeah. More centrist, like more hyper capitalist, like people that love uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And I voted for Hillary Clinton. Don't necessarily love Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's this rift, and uh, I'm afraid uh, Trevor Noah or The Daily Show now has become more neoliberal and like moved closer to the center than it ever has. Really? Yeah, for sure. Why do you think that is? Um, because well, first of all, this happened on like John Stewart uh, is a was very left, right? He was pretty left for sure. Um, it but it was he was also kind of a pioneer. Uh, when it comes to progressive commentary in mm-hmm. general. So because of that, I will afford him a lot of uh, of space to operate. And because I also view him as an idol of mine. You mean so, it's like turning it, like, like spinning it comedically and making it digestible? Yes, but also just like progressive commentary that was um, anti-establishment to begin with. Because like pre-John Stewart, pre-9-11, pre-George W. Bush, like you didn't really see a lot of, you didn't really see... Uh, such open and biased criticism with the exception of Fox News. Mm-hmm. Fox News has always been and always will be super biased, even though they personally somewhat don't like to admit that, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I always admit that I'm biased. John Stewart would admit that he's biased. Um, and yeah, that was the first time we saw like someone on the left Doing uh, very critical of the administration. And we were, the Young Turks had come around at the same time as well. And um so, uh, you know, they were very critical of the administration. I would say Johnson was pretty anti-war in general, like anti-imperialist. Uh, these are all very progressive ideals, like I would say super leftist. Um, yeah. So even during the Obama administration, John Stewart was still fairly critical of Obama as well, which we were as well. And I feel like um, right now under the Trump administration, Trevor Noah is critical of Trump. But then also critical of the very far left side of the Democratic huh. Party, like okay. the Bernie, the Bernie Sanders yeah. uh, coalition. Yeah. And that's a very young and very vocal coalition of, of voters that normally you wouldn't really see out in the polls. And um, and instead of speaking to them, even though Trevor Noah does do and I will say this, he has a lot of great takes. Like there are times when I watch it and I'm like, that's fucking powerful. Yeah. Um, specifically with Philando Castile. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter related issues. Trevor Noah is very on point. Mm-hmm. I will fucking 100% say that. 100% stand by him on that. Um, recently, his takes have been not so great. 
Um, he had Joanne Reed, uh, MSNBC correspondent. Okay. Uh, Joanne Reed on earlier. I'm getting super hyper. Like this is extremely left Twitter politics basically, <laughs> that I'm getting into right now. But yeah, um, yeah. He recently had Joanne Reed on and like didn't really address any of the things that she was saying as far as like she was just making a lot of like sweeping generalizations about the PBR youth and like how their values don't align with Democrats because they want free college. I was like, what? That's like free public universities are are a democratic principle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's that's something we should be standing behind as a okay. party or free uh, f- uh, universal health care or some form of universal yeah. health care yeah. coverage. Like these are things that the Democratic Party should be for and was for in the past. And um, now there's this like Bernie divide where they're like, oh, that's just like the Bernie wing of the party wants that. Like we don't want it. We actually like want more- socialist yeah more socialist policies and that's like that used to be a terrifying word even though it shouldn't be yeah like there are plenty of social not fully socialist countries but plenty of countries where socialism and capitalism coexist yeah and even in america there are plenty of socialist constructs within our government the police department the fire department um that work fairly uh exceptionally well um and then there's also problems within them um, or public roads, public education. Uh, and then there's, you know, more problematic ones like public education, like I said. But um, overall, socialism and capitalism must coexist. Hmm. Um, and that's my take on it. And a lot of people in the Democratic Party, I feel like, would, would say that that is a radical take yeah. when it's not. Yeah. You know. And you think The Daily Show is kind of like it's it's furthering that divide a little bit just because it's more. I don't even like saying furthering the divide because like there's no unification uh, as far as like political discourse. Like everyone's ideas either appeal to people or they don't. And it's evidenced by the fact that I said something somewhat negative about Trevor Noah. And then a bunch of people were like, what do you mean? Like, you're fucking terrible. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going with Daily Show. Like, fuck you. And it was just strange to see everything is divisive. Everything in the political realm is divisive. I'm sure plenty of your fans will um, tell me to fuck right off on my Twitter <laughs> after they watch this, even though they probably like I can't wait for that. Yeah, they're like, oh, fucking hate you, you son of a bitch. Like, I'm I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, don't say that. Yeah, don't say that. No, say you, it. You, I'm I'm fine <laughs> with. I'm dude. I get death threats like every. Do you day. actually? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're pretty not. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not scared to uh, to yeah. voice your opinion. On. No, I, I make a living doing it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And 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 people death threat you. What people dude. like on the right, dude? Yes. What's um, the craziest one you got? Oh, so there was recently there was this thing uh, in the same week I got sued, and also on top of that from another like dude on the internet who I would refer to as like alt light. These are guys that are like, I'm not sophisticated enough to make, uh, you know, to throw out, you know, pseudoscience and, and weird shit that I saw on Reddit, but I'm still like uh, kind of suspect about BLM and like use the N word liberally. And, um, you know what I mean? Like there are guys like that on the internet. Okay. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah. And they have, isn't it fairly large followings sort of a lot of those dudes or yeah, those are there are a lot of dudes like that in the all right but like the prominent figureheads are still um pseudo intellectual gotcha. in the sense that they uh will find like you know they'll find and cherry pick like fbi crime analytics you know what i mean like a, a frequent position that a lot of people take that's um actually incorrect is like oh well 
explain why, um, you know, explain black crime to me uh, if you don't think black people are more violent, which is like it's a dog whistling. Uh, it's dog whistle to racist. There's like saying black people are more violent. Here's why they get a look at the arrest numbers. It's like, well, OK, um, yeah, let's look at the arrest numbers. The reason why black people are arrested more frequently is because of discrimination, discriminatory police practices that the Department of Justice has found um, fairly rampant in precincts across the nation hmm. because black people are targeted more right. frequently than white people. Black people are more likely to get higher sentences for the same crime as white people. Like these are the reasons why the, the analytics are skewed against uh, 13% of the population. Right. Um, so that's just an, that's just an example of like using stats that you find to go along with your point, but not really um, understanding, like omitting certain sides of it, yeah. and 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 making it seem as though it's like a one-sided, factual, uh, you know, factually backed uh, narrative that you're carefully constructing. And so there's a group of people. So who was who actually was like who death threatened you? Like these guys? The, there don't was like this you. one guy. Um, uh, like he does, he does stuff. He was like criticizing this 10 year old makeup artist kid. I don't know if you saw his like Adam Calhoun is his name. Uh, he's from Chicago. And uh, yeah, he just has like all these videos where he's like, this is how you like raise your kids like the right way. And then it's like, he just like slaps his son in the mouth. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. What? Like, let's drink a beer. Like it's just, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but if you go watch his videos, you'll see what I mean. Like, and then it's like raising your sons the wrong way, which is the liberal way. And it's like, um, giving his, uh, like making sure that his son, uh, wears protection when he's riding a bike and stuff like that. Like when it's just funny. Like, I don't know. Why is that so Hel- wrong? Helmets are a pretty leftist thing. No, I know. It's like, I know. Um, movie recording has been stopped. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, so anyway, I don't know when it actually stopped, by the way, the movie recording. It stopped like right now. You just got it. Oh, fuck. God, I'm good. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, stuff like that. And then he was like making fun of this 10-year-old makeup artist on the internet. He's like, this is what's wrong with America. Like, rampant homosexuality. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's just like, why won't he go and... Uh, what happened to throwing a baseball around or, you know, throwing a football around or, or learning how to fish? It's like, what do you mean? Like, you can fucking be a makeup artist and still want to do those things. Also, there's nothing wrong with, like, being a 10-year-old who fucking is expressing his creativity or his sexuality in a different way. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was like, that's not what's wrong with America. Like, you're what's wrong with America, you fucking bully. Yeah. And he freaked out. And, like, for 48 hours, he was, like, on a Snapchat, like, I'm going to fuck you up. Really? Saying shit like, go and fuck him up. My, like, he, was, he has like 300,000 followers on Snapchat, like millions of followers on Facebook. Like, he was personally directing them to attack me, um, both on my social media and also in general, right? And like threatening me, saying like, you know, I'll pay you $10,000 if you come out to uh, Chicago. I'll fly you out to like say the things that you said on your video to my face. Like, I'll fuck you up. Um, you know, if you so you did a video away. about him. I did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I did. See. And I could see like, I could see the fear in his eyes when he realized like, oh, like all he does, he has no original content. Like all he does is like shit on Tommy Lahren and, and Donald Trump all day. It's like, well, dude, that's, that's still original content. Yeah. Like, what do you is. mean? Yeah. Anyway, um, you're an influencer, bro. Figure it out. Uh, <laughs> but. And so what happened? Anything, anything 
Dude, How I got like you probably 4,000 messages of people saying like, I'm a sand N-word, you know, fuck off, goat fucker, I hope you die of AIDS because the goat you fucked has AIDS, like I'm going to fuck your mother, I'm going to fucking kill your family, to ranging from that to like people sending me photos with their guns, ranging from that to, um, you know, escalating from there to like, I'm going to shoot you at your next personal appearance, like at, at your Jesus next public appearance. Christ. Um, which is fine. Like, I get shit like that all the time, honestly. Like, I think it's just like. Should, you know, I, should I be worried right now? Uh, <laughs> no, no one is coming to Venice, bro. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's that many Republicans out here. So, uh, what I was saying, though, is like, and then the most terrifying part about it all is that he was like, I know what your car is. I know what your number is. I know what your address is. And I will release the, um, you know, names, phone numbers and addresses of you and all your loved ones. Why? Yeah. He threatened. Why? He was just really bent, dude. He was really fucking bent. And it's funny because like, I don't think any of the people that send me those messages realize like those are all like criminal offenses. Just, just like everything that Adam said was all criminal offenses. And I went to like, because my, um, because everyone around me was like, well, you have to go and report this. This is like a very serious thing. And I have a friend in the, uh, I have a uh, detective in the Los Angeles police department that I'm, uh, you know, I was talking to about it and yeah, I had enough. I went into the police department and I made a decision not to, I made a decision not to file criminal charges against this person. Um, because one, I didn't want to, you know, my family compromised in any way. Or my friends, they didn't ask for this. And two, because it goes against my ethics, like the way I, my morality, because I'm like anti-prison, I'm not going to want to send a fucking moron to jail um, again for the second time because he was already, he had already served three years in prison for assaulting a police officer. Um, what? Yeah. Even though his whole shtick is like, I love our servicemen now. Um, anyway, people make mistakes, whatever. But like, I didn't want to send him to fucking jail or I didn't want to criminally pursue him because it goes against my ethics. Hmm. Like it goes against the way what I believe in. And, you know, I never did another video on it. Like I have a lot of stuff. Obviously, like I have the fucking full throated support of the veteran community that reached out to me and were like, this guy's fucking douchebag. He's a problem. Um, uh, but, you know, don't worry. But I didn't do anything with that because I just I was like, let it go. Just fucking let this dude, you know, blow off his steam and be done with it. And it's de-escalated at this point. So hopefully it doesn't ever get to that point again. But that yeah. was like a big thing for like a, for like two weeks. I was like, well, I might literally have some fun because it was happening right around Charlottesville, too. So race tensions were high. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a weird experience because it was never that much at the same time huh. it's normally just like people are just like i hate what you said yeah. so i'm gonna kill you it's never like a thousand messages at a time yeah. you know what i mean like it's it was crazy to my get, inbox was like, like crazy to get that angry over like criticism like you're on the internet like this is no people have pe- like, especially when you're an extremist like that no people have profound influence over the like i think we probably don't really understand that um but we do have a, a pretty solid amount of influence over the people that watches. They, they, I mean, I get it. I, I love and admire and adore the people that I watch and, yeah. and, and, and that I'm entertained by. So like, I understand the other side of it. Yeah. I do. Um, and that's why I'm somewhat, uh, critical of, of influencers, uh, or, you know, YouTubers, uh, that oftentimes take it too far 
and it's not like thought policing or it's not joke policing, but it's like you do have, and I'm referring to PewDiePie here. Okay. You do have 55 million fucking subscribers. Most of them are like 14 all around the world. And you, even if you don't realize that you have a responsibility, whether you fucking like it or not, to ensure that the things that you're saying are, of course, not curbing back your humor. Yeah. But the things that you're saying aren't like, might not lead to terrifying consequences. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's become this like weird conversation um, around free speech on the Internet where um, either you're like a free speech absolutist, which I am and I get criticized by some in the left because of it, um, or you're fucking, you know, you want censorship. You want to censor everything. You're a thought police like you can't be on our team. And then this whole like free speech conversation is like turned a lot of young people on the Internet um, over to the alt right. Like they just like they get introduced to it. And, you know, they're, and then they start watching other YouTubers that are related to uh, that are having similar conversations and then they kind of get sucked into it because they're like, oh, I kind of like this person. Like, he's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like who? Who is someone that um, not PewDiePie? No, I, PewDiePie is like the first step in in, in faultless in that capacity to largely faultless in that capacity. Um, I would say it's guys like, uh, and this is getting fringe, but like Sargon of Akkad is one. Okay. He has like a sizable following. I think he's like 500,000 subscribers okay. on YouTube. Like these, there's like all of these classical liberals or like these thinkers. They're all logical, uh, like they're all logic and reason folk um, uh, who uh, craft the most, who use the most logical fallacies out of anyone I've ever uh, entertain, been entertained by. But um yeah, they have, you know, they have pretty sizable followings and they they grab you by um, they suck you in with uh, an anxiety that you might have. Right. And if you're young, you have, let's say, a lot of pent up sexual frustration. Yeah. So yeah. they start like the pickup artist community is a yep. big reason yep. Yep. why yep. Yep. this yep. is so this is a piece I'm actually writing right now. So it's like something I've been studying also, both personally and extensively for the piece. But um they use your anxieties, um, maybe sometimes not even willingly, like not, sometimes inadvertently and, and not on purpose. They use your anxieties. Because they're probably have, not even yeah. really aware of them either. Some right? of them they, are. They might. Some really? of them definitely are, for sure. And like you see that with guys like Baked Alaska. Yeah. Who are like fucking neo-Nazis. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they are on, um, you know, they're on group chats where, uh, I mean, this is all like, uh, what's the fucking uh, dude is the worst by the way. I know it's, it's so funny. He used to work at Buzzfeed with Will. Like, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, they, what I was saying is like, they, they, they prey on people with anxieties, probably not like a, you know, televangelist would, but, um, they prey on people's anxieties by creating like relatable content. And then it's like three episodes about sexual frustration and like why women are the worst, let's say. Right. And then another episode about free speech and then another episode about, you know, libertarian thought. And then all of a sudden you're like um, four episodes, five episodes in. And then like the sixth YouTube video is like white genocide. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, whoa, what? Yeah. It's How like, did that where, happen? <laughs> like, where did this come from? Yeah, I know. You're like, what? Uh, I mean, I don't agree with that. Wait, let me just give it a listen. And then they're like, yeah, Oh, dangerous. this dangerous is, well, shit. he's using facts and logic and reasoning. So white genocide must be happening. Right. And, um, a lot of gamers on YouTube are, are fucking like feeding into that alt-right pool of talent basically without realizing. Um, 
Yeah, what's the fucking YouTuber's name? God damn it. He's like the Persian guy. He's like half Persian. Uh, uh, Joe something. I don't George. know. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of people like that. And um, I get where they're coming from as well. I absolutely do. Because I was a fat, nerdy Dota player yeah, yeah, when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah. Like I was a nerdy fucking kid. Really? You played Dota? Oh my God. Like crazy, dude. Huh. Like there's a there's like a Swedish song that we used to sing to our, uh, the, the Visita had event. Isn't that Bass Hunter? I th- it might be, but it was like before it was Bass Hunter okay, or something. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, like yeah, I think yeah. it was like they weren't like popular. Bass Hunter came to a college party that I had. Oh, really? <laughs> they, like wow. we played at my college. This was like five years ago. And then came to like a po- like a late night later uh-huh. and was like just like the most washed up like yeah. person ever. But yeah. it was like that my childhood was like base hunter. Like I used to fucking love base hunter. Dude, I mean, look at fucking that 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 whole industry is crazy. Like it just fucking sucks you up and then just like throws you out and you look like a wet rag. Yeah. Um like Avicii. Yeah, yeah. That dude was like uh, that, 18 that's one when of the he got into it. Stories and then, ever. Yeah. Didn't he? I mean, I don't know if this is a rumor or whatever. Crippling but, heroin addiction. Is that what it was? Yeah, huh? Yeah, because like, think about it, man. That's how addiction works. Like, you you just you start off with like light stuff, and then you're like, I really like to party. My entire career is about partying, and like, you you have this like 18 year old from some Nordic country, um, all of a sudden become the most fucking famous person on the planet as like DJs are yeah. the biggest celebrities all of a sudden. Yeah. Everyone's getting residencies. Like you're getting paid like $500,000 a night to like just fucking press play. And that's, yeah, that's what DJs do. Um, and, and you're like, holy shit, you know, everyone wants to fuck me and everyone wants to give me free drugs. Yeah, I'm going to do all of this. Oh, it's a slippery slope, dude. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, yeah, there, <laughs> there's this DJ. Fuck. What's his name? Great, great DJ, deep house guy. We saw him in Hungary and he was like my friend's favorite DJ and I'd never even heard of him before but my friend was basically like my friend in New York used to be his assistant and his only job was getting him ketamine this guy like total ketamine loves addict, K loves needs special it, K needs it to like yeah. perform all night because he'll do like eight hour sets yeah. out of just his pure love for DJing ketamine. and music and whatever and, <laughs> and ketamine, ketamine more importantly <laughs> but it's like man I, how long can you live like that six years and then you're just you've done like ir- irreparable damage yeah yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's just like you go to rehab like seven times. And then at what point do you have to realize like, oh, wow, like I kind of have a problem. Yeah. Like, maybe I should stop ketamine. Yeah. You know, like weed's cool. Yeah. Like it, it, alcohol is fine. Let's not do heroin yeah. so frequently. You know, <laughs> maybe. Easy for you to say. You're not a DJ. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I, I don't nearly get the amount of pussy that DJs Exactly. Like, I don't a, think anyone you finish does. a good set. Yeah. Hook up with a super hot girl. What is there left to do? Yeah. Heroin. Yeah, I know. I, I totally it. get it. So it's I like, get it. Um, it's just like this ramping up of pleasures and I'm a hedonist as well. So I kind of understand it. But, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. As am I. Be a little careful. Anyway. So, uh, I'll, so you're talking about Dota players. You understand where that ideal comes from. Yeah. Like I get it. If you're a white guy, if you're like <clears throat> a nerdy white guy and you've been bullied your entire fucking life, Right. And then all of a sudden you think that the internet is completely against you because you're a white male and like you think that the internet is absolutely like um, all the vocal, extremely uh, social justice warrior people on the internet represent the entirety of the country. Yeah. Yeah, Then you're like, what the fuck? I'm also a victim. Are you fucking kidding me? And then these guys are like, yes, yes, you are. Come to us. Let's tell you why the institution is the real problem. Everyone is 
um, everyone is out to get you. And like you can't have sex not because you don't deserve it or not because of anything that you've done uh, or, or any of your personal traits or your personal problems, but you can't have sex because women are bad. Because <laughs> they society, hate women, dude. They hate because women. Because society. I know. It's very weird. But look, I was a very horny teenager. Very horny teenager. And if you're a fucking very horny teenager and you're like, why can't I have sex? What the fuck? And then there's like this other uh, horny seeming guy on the internet that you all of a sudden because you're watching him think that he knows more than uh, most people do uh, from his pulpit you assume that what he's saying is right and if he's feeding into your anxieties you start trusting him because he's telling you what you want to hear and then you know for every four videos that he tells you like here's how to pick up chicks this is why you know uh, we should never have refugees in the country (laughs) Like, this is why we should curb back on immigration. This is how to pick up chicks. This is how to pick up chicks. Yeah. By the way, women are awful. They suck. And this is why refugees. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't get laid because of female hypergamy and also why genocide, like, is a real thing. And, you know, um, like, socialized medicine, cultural Marxism is the true reason why you can't get laid. It's like, what? Well, how did we get to that? How do we get to communism from uh, not getting pussy? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's funny. It's like one of the things we rip on the all right for. It's like just go hang out with a girl, but it's like, you know, that's that's even shitty, dude. I, I you know, know what I mean. Like, what, what's the guy Michael Rappaport or whatever? You see his video on Twitter when all the Charlotte Charlottesville riots were going on. Oh my god. Okay, first of all, I fucking I think Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport is one of my favorite people on the planet. Was, he's hilarious for not the right reasons. Hilarious. <laughs> I think he's unaware of like how he comes across. Oh really? In every he's, he's like, like yeah, a Boston he, like just yeah, fucking yeah no no for sure he's like a very old school guy. He's like Boston. yeah these fucking social justice warriors, but then also these fucking alt right. Like he's just like that yeah. guy who's like. You know, yeah, your whole yeah, guess, style yeah. is chump. Yeah, yeah, that's he's literally said that. Um, no, I just think Michael Rapper was funny because like he shit on uh, Chapo Trap House, which is like a a podcast that I really love. Um, what shout out say? to Chapo Trap House. No, he was just like they were making fun of him, and he's like, "Who are these fucking guys over? Is he fucking social justice? These coffee slinging, these co- these like cold brew drinking fucks." Yeah, yeah like you, that's a great impression. Oh, thank you. I I you try exactly like him. Yeah, I um no, it's actually Michael Rapport in the studio right now. Holy <laughs> yeah, shit! Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is that Michael Rapport? Yeah, <laughs> yeah motherfucker. <laughs> I play the bartender in every movie I ever have ever been in or a cop. <laughs> Dude, except now he's the fucking dad in that Netflix show. Oh, he is? He's in a... Wait, is that... About Bill, the are you kid refer- that's on the spectrum that's like trying to find love? What's the oh, show called? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought you were referring to Bill Burr for a... I mean, uh, yeah, Bill Burr for a second. I mean, he's basically the same. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> they sound the same, yeah, too. They do. <laughs> but he's like, so Michael Rappaport uh, posts that video when the when the riots were happening or whatever. He's like, these, these tiki... Torch it, tiki, tiki, tiki torch holding fucks. Yeah. Uh, why don't you, well, like, don't you have anything better to do? It's a Friday night. Go out and get to third base with a girl or second base or whatever. <laughs> and I saw just laughing my ass off at that. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, that's the whole reason these guys are fucking yeah. frust- so frustrated. I, I genuinely they, believe that. I think sexual frustration plays a big part. I think yeah, sexual yeah, anxiety yeah. plays a big part. I think another part, when you get older and you have responsibilities, another big part uh, is uh, economic anxiety for sure and then you lash out when when the the combination of those two things um get to you and these aren't i'm not saying that these are um like i'm not trying to minimize the impact of 
of, uh, you know, how devastated these communities are, no matter what their race is, right? Um, like if you're living in the Rust Belt and you, your whole family is like addicted to fentanyl and, you know, the factory shut down two decades ago and there's no jobs, there's no yeah. jobs out there for you. Like you don't know what the fuck you need to do. And there's a guy who kind of says things that you want to hear, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and he's a demagogue. And he's like, we're, we're going to make this. We're going to make America great again. It's because Mexicans are rapists. And he's like, oh, shit, it's not my fucking fault that mm-hmm. I can't find a job like I. It's actually and by the way, I'm not saying that it's his fault that uh, I'm not saying that these people are completely at fault for being unemployed. Like, of course, um, these are are economic realities that play a massive part. Um, But, you know, if you direct your if you direct people's attention to race um, and, and, and blame minorities or if you direct people's attention to the previous administration and say that uh, Obama was too focused on uh, social justice and, and progress. He didn't care about you guys. You're the silent majority. Like I care about you guys. And that's why I'm going to cut taxes for Wells Fargo because that will save you. It's like, what, how, how do we get here? Like, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, that's, pretty similar to what these people on the internet do which is like you're poor because other people are taking advantages that should be afforded to you mm-hmm. because your government doesn't care about you you can't get laid not because you have you know not because of your personality or because of your outlook or anything like that you can't get la- or your unrealistic expectations let's say um, you can't get laid because society has because feminism like because society has uh, uh, has rampant feminism and that's the cancer that's you know not letting you get laid yeah yeah and then they're like uh, also date rape is chill like yeah. <laughs> it's like what yeah it's like well no it's called persuasion <laughs> <laughs> okay how was so you went to school you went to Rutgers I was gonna ask you when, where you yeah. went to college how where did you that? go to college Duke oh you went to Duke yeah bourgeoisie <laughs> so i've never had the vertical blind yeah, you've never, <laughs> of course you went from duke straight to, oh yeah you worked for like a lot of fucking good tech companies yeah now that i think about it yeah, yeah I, no was wonder a, I was a tech never, guy for a while no wonder you have no fucking vertical blinds are you kidding me i was like trying to do journalism at like a digital startup fucking living off of like you know two week old chicken for like two years hey man when i quit being a software engineer, I went through that period too, where it was yeah. just like I was just making no money on yeah, YouTube and whatever. No, I I totally understand. I know I'm so not I'm been, not saying that you didn't go through any no, sort of I, financial. I yeah, I, I'm sure like the 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 two weeks where you didn't have a job, you only had guys. Cody couldn't drive his Tesla for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Because he it was in the charge. Because it was in the shop. It in the shop. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's not. Yeah. How I mean, is it? How, how did you get involved with the Young Turks? So um, I interned there okay. first. And also the CEO and founder is my uncle. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, a nice. case of, it's a classic case of nepotism. Okay. Now, originally, uh, no, he was like, cheap labor, I'm on board with that. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm not going to pay you shit, yeah. which he didn't. Um, and I, he was like, you're going to do biz debt for us. You're going to, because I started on uh, the other side of the campus oh, really? as well. Yeah. So I did biz dev for TYT. Uh, I did a number of things like, um, you know, took us out to market. We were at CAA at the time, like took us to WME and a bunch of other agencies, whatever. And then I also set up our entire advertisement sales and operations. Okay. Um, and, you know, we 
that was awful to be honest. Like I didn't realize cause I was finally making money off the commission, like off the sales I was making uh, and bringing in and at the fucking age of like 22, because this company had no like uh, previous ad sales structure. Like I was able to have a lot of freedom cause they were like, we don't know what the fuck's going on. You need to figure it out. We're not going to pay you anything. You can only make money if you actually bring in money. And, and I like set up this entire system and um but i was also allowed a lot of you know liberties that most 22 year olds were not as far as like bringing in clients like doing things that would be deemed unorthodox like you know i would get my uh sales i mean i'd get my buyers like pussy like i not like buy them prostitutes but like mm-hmm. i would get take them into events i mean that that's the normal and, business procedure uh, yeah like i would, I would like whining and dining your clients yeah but instead i was like oh you have a you have a cute date like let me take you to a grammy's party that you normally wouldn't be able to get uh, with any okay. other you know i i knew what my strengths were so i was playing to that um you know and it was great uh but i realized i fucking hated it only after i left that side okay. of the business and then i moved over to the on-camera side like two years ago full-time really yeah i was always producing on the side because i was genuinely like Obviously, I was genuinely into it and the content uh, structure I already had uh, pre-established in my mind. What I'm doing right now is basically like what I wanted to do from the start. Okay. So I just started kind of like saying, hey, oh, um, this is a startup. You know, there's no there's a lot of like horizontal movement. You can just like kind of move to a different space if you want to for free, which is very true. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I literally I did that for free. I was like, I'll do I'll, I'll produce content for you guys for free. And then I was like, I'll host content for you guys for free. And, and you're then, like, oh, and then I was like, uh, no longer in sales. Let's do this. Like, pay me for this. And, and now then, you write too. You write yeah. for them too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I you write, just you, you just hosted before, and then now you're actually like writing. No, no, content? I was I was I was writing back then too. Okay. Like my content style was different than anything else that was on the network. I was writing on and utilizing like this green screen and and this like utility closet as a studio basically. Um, and they were like, this is almost at no cost to us. So yeah, sure, okay. go forward. You know. Uh, and then they were like, here, take over Facebook. It's like a platform at the time that they didn't really um, understand. They didn't really care too much about. And okay. this was like right before Facebook video blew the fuck up okay. or like right around the time it was blowing up. Like and what, a year and a half ago? Yeah, like, like two years ago. Okay. And we were at like 400,000 likes on Facebook. Okay. And then I in and they were like, yeah, we want you to repurpose our YouTube videos. We want you to repackage them and basically make it similar to a now this format. Uh-huh. Uh, but our videos are like 15 minute long rants that Jenk goes on about, you know, Mitch McConnell's uh, mole mm-hmm. on his face or something. So just kidding. He talks a lot about policy, but like, <laughs> uh, like making that entertaining for Facebook is incredibly difficult. And I was like, fuck that. I'm actually going to do my show and I'm going to talk about politics. And they were like, you can't talk about politics. I was like, uh, yes, I can. And then I started doing it and it was fairly successful and it blew the fuck up and then the facebook page page blew the fuck up and then they were like oh i we like what you're doing we're gonna make every other host do it now on the network wow yeah so they took your your, they took your sort of model yeah yeah but it's good it's it's a testament to its success and i don't really mind it because yeah i was right from the get-go yeah no that's great i mean i see i see your videos on facebook yeah all the time getting shared just like organically Oh yeah, we we pay zero. We have zero marketing dollars. It's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, making making content specific to Facebook is a is a tough thing to do. Yeah, like and it changes frequently too. I mean, I guess it. Yeah, and does it? Yeah, it's like because they're exploring the space. You know, just like YouTube was. Facebook right now is kind of like the Google YouTube era um, of you know ten years ago. Yeah, 
So things go fucking viral, man. Yeah. And that's what happened. For I found something within the Tommy Lauren commentary, and I kept doing it. It was rather easy. Um, it was a lot easier than writing, you know, 15-minute uh, videos on the perils of uh, industries prone to monopolization. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. And, and how, I would have shared that Facebook video. <laughs> yeah, it's like no one, like only 30,000 people were watching that. And then I, I, this is what I realized like in January 2017. I was like, I'm going to like. It, it, Tommy Lauren had done another video. It was like a Muslim man video. I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are people sharing this? Like, this is so awful and so full of hatred and based in zero facts. And it's just fear mongering. And it's terrifying for the Muslims that live in this country. And also probably a really big fuck you to the other Muslims, like the billions of Muslims living worldwide that Mm -hmm. look at America and go like, who is this? Who is this blonde bitch? What the fuck? (laughs) Like, you know, and I did a Muslim band video by myself. I got like a couple million views. And then I did the next day. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to do a rebut, like a rebuttal video to hers. That one got 20 million views. 20 million on Facebook? Yeah. Holy shit. And things were, and then I had previously done like a rebuttal video before that on Simon Sinek, who was like, millennials are actually garbage and also buy my books. Uh, I'm Simon Sinek. Yeah. And, um, I saw, I think I saw yeah. that one actually. That's the reason I, George actually approached me. Uh, okay. Full screen. It was okay. Like, I fucking love that video. And that one went like kind of viral. So I just, I was like, this is this rebuttal style is great yeah. because it's a vehicle to deliver the same exact information that I had put in my Muslim man video but through a different lens yeah. and it was the same exact information, but now 20 million people had watched yeah. it rather yeah. than like 4 million. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's I started I do, doing that. It's funny. I do the same format just, yeah. I mean, like obviously not political, but it's like, yeah, oh, that's people love, people love seeing other people get roasted, especially when they dude. don't, when they're, when they're like on the other side, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're, uh, when you have the opposite of, I, opinion of someone else people love to see them get taken down i mean it's the same thing people love roast videos like the whole thing dude that but you know what's interesting of course i i looked to the internet i mm. looked to the people that were creating videos of me in that style and that's why i did it ah. i took their format and i just like kind of made it a hundred times better and did you have people doing that about you Oh my god! I still do really all the fucking time. You have there is this Hassan massive, takedowns. Oh, there's if you look that up on the internet, there's so many and all and the majority of those people and one of them is Sargon of Akkad. He's like the most notable one out of all of them. Like it, they do like forty five minute takedowns and they it's not like heavily edited at all. They just sit around and they like pause and unpause and you know watch the video and like give their analysis on it and it's just such a shitty fucking format but it's still very successful so i was like i'm gonna do this for other movie stop recording um yeah i was like i'm gonna do this for other people um and i started doing it and because i'm not afraid and don't hide behind like some sort of moniker or like a mask or anything like that because a lot of people on the internet within the all right communities will oftentimes hide behind like a secret identity because they're afraid of like getting fired from their jobs or being like lightly into the ethnic cleansing <laughs> yeah so um you know and people resonated with it because yeah. a lot of people shared the similar views that i did and I realized that. Yeah. And that's why I kept doing it and doing it for other things. And uh, yeah, here that's we awesome. are. What's next? What's, what are you working on next? 
Um, I have a couple production uh, things going on right now. The thing is, like, I'm fairly new to the Hollywood side of yeah. everything, so I don't really know where that goes. Like, I have generals. Like, I, uh, I've been nothing, doing generals. Nothing, nothing with, ever happens. From a general yeah, okay. Means. Like, I've been doing generals with like production companies for fucking so long now, and um, I don't really know what that where that goes. I have like two production deals right now, like with offers from one uh, and like networks that are interested already. Um, because political content is like very popular right now. This is like kind of hush hush stuff, but fuck it. Like this is the first place I've ever like uh, talked about this openly. But yeah, so there's that. You know, I'm doing the podcast. Like I just am building out a profile. I'm just doing things that I um, admired. Other media figures mm-hmm. uh, were able to do and take advantage of the internet. And like even though I vehemently disagree with what the transformation uh, of Joe vehemently disagree with the transformation of Joe Rogan now and like why? what he has become why he is like the perfect example of the guy who feeds all right really oh dude oh my god look at fucking John Ronson one of my favorite authors and journalists friend of Joe Rogan Joe Rogan was a big friend of our uh, podcast okay as well. like I mean not podcast sorry uh, of the Young Turks yeah. he used to have Anna on all the time I've met him I've had like Long conversations with them after Joe Rogan. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Fucking awesome dude. I was like obsessed with his yeah. podcast. Obsessed. Like it was great. This was like fucking four years ago, five okay. years ago though. Um, you know, like I never was like, oh, he's the most clever intellectual I've ever heard. He's not, but he's, he admits that. Like he's a fascinated guy. He's yeah. a curious guy. Yeah. And um, but unfortunately, he takes everything at face value and he believes everything that people tell him uh, when they're on his show. And when you have a bunch of these alt-right guys come yeah. on, which he has on all the fucking time, yeah. um, like, he's just, like, he slowly starts thinking, like, oh, these guys are, they're, they're, they're my friends. I think they're, into, they're intellectuals. Um, I like what they have to say, so I think they're right. And he, like, kind of um, merged away a little bit from uh, our kind, like, the, our kind of progressive and is like fully invested in like that classical liberal way of thinking and like brings on guys all the time from that. Um, and yeah, and, hmm. and like people and like when John Ronson was on, he's like, wow, um, half of your audience is he tweeted something. He's like, half of your audience is UFC fanatics. And then the other half are neo-Nazis. <laughs> really? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, everyone is extremely anti-Semitic in your audience. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I heard, uh, yeah, he used to be, like, to me, like, big-time liberal, right? Joe never, Rogan? Never, he He's really? always, so Joe Rogan has always said that he's a libertarian. Okay. But Joe Rogan also does not understand that he has a lot of very progressive ideals. Like, he has mentioned that he thinks, um, you know, universal health care should be a right. Like, health care is a right. And that's, like, a very, that's a, that's a, fu- as progressive as you get. You're more progressive than the majority of politicians in Congress, mm-hmm. if you think that, like that's a big point of contention within the Democratic Party, and it's just now changing, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kamala Harris, who's a Democratic, like this is the number one Democratic, uh, like young gun um, that everyone is on board with, with the exception of like a bunch of like the Bernie people uh, up until recently. Just announced that she is uh, supporting Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All in Congress. She's hmm. going to be co-sponsoring it, and like that's huge. And that is extremely progressive compared yeah. to the rest of uh, the political landscape. So Joe Rogan is like very progressive in a lot of ways, but he's like a big free speech guy again. 
um, an issue that he can understand and ha- take a, a very firm stance on. And then he thinks like that means that the rest of the people that are free speech, like he's had Milo on a fuck ton of times. Yeah. Like really? Milo oh, yeah. I, I watched the one with Ben Shapiro. What do you think of him? I love Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I actually I, like him too. I He is very, he is, I mean, I, by the way, disagree with him on everything. Okay. Like I think his brand of politics is is borderline what we would consider in popular culture as evil. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. like his libertarian or like his, I guess he's a, is, he's a minarchist or he is an anarcho-capitalist kind of like, he's like a big free market guy, like okay. big free market guy. Um, the stuff that he talks about as far as like institutionalized racism does not exist. Like these are things that I'm very much against, mm-hmm. but I'm referring to Ben Shapiro as a, as a person who uh, is just a very good orator, mm-hmm. like he is very good at delivering information, yeah, um, and and delivering his point across and attacking the other side in a very smart way uh, within debates. And um, even if people don't really understand what he's saying, they're like, "Oh, well, he sounds smart, and he's triggering liberals." So we really like Ben Shapiro. I also like Ben Shapiro. I, I get his appeal mm-hmm. for sure, even though I disagree with him vehemently, and I think he is oftentimes um like conflicted himself because he has a big chunk of all right people in his audience but he's very jewish yeah like uh, you know he's he's jewish yeah yeah how are you gonna have fucking neo-nazis in your audience if you're jewish you know what i mean um and it's alt-light that's alt-light that's the steve bannon way of Uh, thinking even though he doesn't like steve bannon either uh he left breitbart um the alt-light way of thinking is like, um, you know, Judeo-Christian values, not just white Christianity. Yeah. Judeo-Christianity, like, that's important. You know, the Bible says Israel is, uh, you know, the promised land and needs to be protected for the second coming of Jesus Christ, yada, yada. There's like a biblical Im- implication. I mean, uh, so, um, yeah, Ben Shapiro has like a bunch, I think he himself is conflicted. Uh, I don't think he likes Donald Trump very much, um, but I'm sure he... But like he understands that Donald Trump serves as a purposeful distraction yeah. as, um, you know, the Republicans in Congress pass like all of these fucking, uh, you know, anti-regulation legislation um, at insane speeds. And like no one fucking talks about it. Yeah. It's crazy. Like repealing um, repealing Dodd Frank, for example. What's that, that? happened? Um, so it was Obama era regulation that they put in the aftermath of the 2008 uh, financial crisis. Okay. I am getting deep into politics right now. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. Sure. You're like, fuck, we're going to cut all this Let's out. Let's fucking do it. Um, so we're at yeah. an hour and six minutes. Okay. By this point, anyone who is not interested in politics has already turned it off. So. Okay, good. Uh, he's like, this is the least downloaded podcast episode <laughs> I've ever had. Hassan, fuck yourself. Maybe the most. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I'll promote we'll see. it. But yeah, um, so... This was regulation set in place for um, in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. The housing market crashed. Um, and, you know, uh, it was it was financial regulation that, for example, uh, instituted checks. And then on top of that, they wanted in very simple terms, they wanted banks to hold on to more capital on the side so that their own capital uh, out of their profits on the side so that they can use that in another instance where there's like these too big to fail financial institutions collapse okay. in some way because of so the n- lack of regulation to begin with um, and the shady business practices that allowed the housing market to crash. Um, if that happens again and it will happen again, 
Um, in that instance, you have your own capital, so we don't fucking bail you out with the citizens, oh, uh, you know, with I the see. taxpayer dollar once again. So it's like, don't reinvest that money. Don't reinvest. Keep it. No, a chunk of it. Just a chunk, a chunk of, of it. it. Yeah, yeah. They fucking rolled that right the fuck back. Really? Like they took, and you know, they did that while everyone was talking about, uh, I think everyone was like, yeah, I think that was while the James Comey hearing was happening in the Senate. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's crazy. And like, you know, we talk about it, but it's very hard to get people's attention to things like that until it's too fucking late. Yeah. Yeah. And then you make a movie about it and then everyone's, yeah, and then everyone's it, paying attention yeah, to it. And 12 years later, you're making a fucking movie, but like, I mean, not 12 years later, but like, who cares yeah. at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Your people have committed Millions suicide have, already. Yeah, lost everything people they're have, worth. Like a lot of people have, yeah, you know, cha- their their socioeconomic status has changed drastically for a lot of people. And and like Obama's not without criticism either. Like he for sure was super soft on the banks. Yeah. If you ask Republicans though, he was fucking, he was the enemy. He mm-hmm. was the devil. Like Republicans like Anthony Scaramucci. Um, yeah, they thought he was. He, they thought his regulation was crippling the financial uh, market, the financial sector, and so there are a lot of things that Republicans are able to do now, similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, while everyone's distracted by Donald Trump, while everyone's distracted by Donald Trump's tweets or the dumb shit that he does, and it's this like weird game of chess almost, in the sense that um, that we're playing on our side, where it's like, well, we have to cover the shit that he's doing that's really fucking awful. But then we also have to cover the other stuff that's, that's happening less, behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, that's happening behind the scenes is less co- that gets less coverage. Like, for example, the Russia investigation was so fucking hot for the longest time that people were not looking into the AHCA repeal. I mean, the a- the ACA, uh, which is Obamacare. Right. Right. They were trying to repeal and replace it, and they were doing it in the most nefarious, shady fucking way possible. It was unprecedented. The lack of um, bipartisan agreement around that fucking bill was insane in the Senate. Like, it was insane. And it's so hypocritical because the Republicans constantly railed against Obama and said that, you know, you guys uh, passed Obamacare in the dead of the night. In the dead of the night without asking. Bullshit. It took fucking two years. Yeah. It took fucking two years. Mostly because of Joe Lieberman, that fucking asshole. Okay. Um, who's quote-unquote a Democrat, but not really. Um so uh, yeah, they they were. It's just there's this venge, there's this vengeful um, feeling amongst Republicans, uh, both within the voter base and also within um, Republican uh, congressmen, uh, against everything that the Democrats have gotten passed in the past eight fucking years. Yeah, and they are they're very good at uh, getting around a certain narrative. They're very good at unifying their base against a singular issue and making it seem as though if they repeal something, it'll change everyone's lives. Like everyone's lives will be better when in fact it doesn't do anything, but just it's just a distraction and it just hurts those disenfranchised communities that are just now getting around to experiencing civil liberties like everyone else. Hmm. So like if you, for example... Planned Parenthood. None of the finances, none of the funds that you give to Planned Parenthood at the state level or at the federal level, none of that is used on abortion. Did you know this? No. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that Planned Parenthood is a murder factory, right? Yeah. Yeah. 97% of what Planned Parenthood does is not abortions. 97%. It's help. 
No, it's it's fucking sexual education, pap yeah, yeah, smears, right. like uh, STD screening yeah. for both men and women, for poor men and women. Um, yeah, that's what fucking Planned Parenthood does. Yeah. But if you ask anyone, even educated liberals, they will think they think that Planned Parenthood abortion. is a abortion factory. Yeah. Like, and and they think that they're just like out there murdering fetuses and and, and like putting it in a protein shake and drinking it. Gross. So, you know. And you brought a fetus shake? Yeah, I mean, of course, we're, you know, liptards here in California. <laughs> That's why I go to Planned Parenthood. Yeah, no. They I, serve the... <laughs> yeah, they're selling your fetuses, and they're like, they're coercing our young women to sell their fetuses for money. It's like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? But, like, okay, let's say we cut funds to Planned Parenthood. That's such a minimal part of the fucking budget, and then you take that, and then you increase the discretionary spending on the military by 50 billion fucking dollars even though you ran on an isolationist campaign where you said no more wars the war in Iraq was stupid Hillary's stupid for uh, promoting the war in Iraq fuck her she's stupid and everyone was like yeah fuck Hillary you're right and then now he's like I'm gonna increase military presence in Afghanistan also and people are like yeah that's cool (laughs) I'm gonna increase discretionary military spending by 50 billion dollars everyone's like yeah that makes sense it's like why can't we spend that money on ourselves yeah that is what you ran on as Donald Trump ran on that idea. He ran on light economic populism, but mostly white nationalism. <laughs> and, and people were like, I'm on board. Like I, there were probably smart people who wanted to believe that Donald Trump could enact some sort of sea change in, in, in Washington, D.C. And instead he brought in more corrupt billionaires than anyone else. <laughs> like, and and people still support them because they're they're like it's like a cult. Yeah. You know? Um there's plenty of studies where you know those apocalyptic cults uh in the aftermath of like 12 12 2012 doubled down on their uh, on their mentality once the world what? didn't end. Yeah. Oh. You know once yeah, once the fucking promises are not fulfilled in your cult, you fucking double down cuz that's all you know that's at that all point. You can You're do. invested. Yeah. It's like and, and politics is, is basically a sport in America. So if you're invested in the Republican Party, it's very difficult for you to be like, you know what? We fucked up. Yeah. And it's so difficult to say, you know what? We fucked up that even, you know, even Donald Trump is not enough to, to say that. Because it's embarrassing. And it's yeah. admitting defeat. And Yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to see um, the realities. It's hard to leave your religion. You know what I mean? Like, it's very hard. And, you know, it's... But it happens over time. And it can happen in the opposite way as well. And people can get more invested in that cult, in the cult of Donald Trump, who is a cult of personality. So that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... Honestly, like, I've said this before. It's like, if you still support Donald Trump at this point, and you're not old, so you're not, like, set in your ways because you're old, like, whatever... And you're not um, very wealthy um, because like wealthy or like, you know, you have financial interest. Yeah. Like you, you're like totally excused (laughs) from supporting Donald Trump. Like you're like, I don't really care. I'm white. I'm super wealthy. I don't have vertical blinds. Yeah. Like you don't, I don't understand what the fucking, (laughs) you know, proletariat has to go through. (laughs) Fuck those guys. I mean, working class, my ass robots will eventually use them as biomatter. Um, yeah, but yeah, perfectly sounds up. Perfectly sounds <laughs> My great. Perspective. Yeah, I know your political perspective. No, but like that's okay. That's the logical extreme 
that you go with Ben Shapiro's ideology. Okay, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it's yeah. like the divide between the 1% who deserve to be there and have no privilege or like no privilege position or no prior history that allowed them to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're fuck if you're poor, it's because you're, you're shitty. You're lousy. You just you're a had, shitty you worker. You just don't work. Yeah. You don't work enough hard enough. enough. You don't work hard enough. You don't work smart enough. Boo hoo. Yeah. Like he, Ben Shapiro is a guy who refers to healthcare. Like he is, he thinks that he has used this example before. Um, he's used the example of buying a couch. If I have a lot of money, I can buy the best couch. If I don't have a lot of money, I buy a shittier couch. Healthcare is not a couch. <laughs> like no one, like no one in the number one greatest nation on earth should be crippled by a, a medic bankrupted by medical debt. It is like the fucking number. It's not the number one now, but it, for a while it was the number one reason for personal uh, bankruptcies was medical debt. Like every, our prices are so inflated. Yeah. A lot of that is because the government will not fucking regulate the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. And they think that it's because, you know, we'll cut back on innovation. Like, fuck no. That's public funded research that Mercer and, and I'm mean, not Mercer. Sorry, that's a different family. Um, like fucking pharmaceutical corporations just take public funded research and put like slap on fucking some makeup and figure out how to market that properly to the to you know and they do obviously put additional resources into research and whatnot and research and development but like we're we're not going to stop innovating because uh fucking government is regulating prices like pharmaceutical industry prices the reality is or um the the government's regulating the insurance industry more uh or we have we are offering um a better way to um, you know, we have Medicare for all, all of a sudden, and then you can have Medicare advantage, which is like private insurance on top of Medicare. If you want, um, it, it's not going to fucking curb back innovation. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like people aren't even in that instance, people are still going to want to make more money and they're still going to want to innovate. That's yeah. why capitalism and socialism should coexist is mm-hmm. what I'm saying is a regulatory force. Mm-hmm. So it, your outlook can't be that, you know, healthcare is like buying a fucking couch when on the other side, you're you're dying like if you don't have a couch you you sit on the ground if you don't have health care you, you either die or you, you or you don't suffer. go to the hospital because you don't have enough money to pay for this shit yeah or you fucking do go to the hospital but then you ruin the rest of your fine like you ruin your entire lineage basically your financial history completely mm-hmm. by going into a personal bankruptcy because you had to pay for cancer treatment yeah like that is not that's not moral that's not economically feasible that's not smart economically either uh-huh. but people still uh, assume that it is because they get paid by these corporations like they get paid by pharmaceutical industries um even politicians that we love they all do and that's a fucking problem yeah i've moved from so many different topics there's just so many things <laughs> yeah, that I'm yeah. having trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. I have ADHD. But that's probably so I'm because like, my mind is just melting at this point. This is the point in the podcast where I just can't even. Actually, this is the longest one we've done. Wow. Yeah, I know. We should probably wind it down. Okay. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, man. Do, um, uh, do your thing. You got anything you want to plug? Um, do I have anything I want to plug? Yeah. Um, if you can find my podcast, Millennial Scum on SoundCloud, go check that out. Uh, follow me on Facebook. Put it on iTunes too. I will. I will absolutely put it on iTunes eventually. I'm going to probably do it in the end, by the end of this weekend. I have a three day weekend. I can focus on things like that. Um, 
yeah, follow me on Facebook if you want to see more of this coverage. It's definitely more entertaining when I have a five minute format and I have to like craft jokes ahead of time. It's like funnier. Um, or your podcast when you have people opposing you that know what the fuck is <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, that yeah, they're no, talking about. Because yeah, for sure. I'm it, just not. We, well, we, we don't even, it's weird because like in, even on the podcast, like there are certain things that we don't disagree on, like universal healthcare is like one of those yeah. things where yeah, people yeah. are like, no, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone has yeah. it. Yeah. Except I mean, for America, yeah. the greatest nation on earth. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you were Canadian, by the yeah. way. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, you're probably pretty progressive because of that, yeah. I would say. Yes. Every, like Definitely. most conservative Canadians are like still rather progressive. What do you think about Lauren Southern? Who's that? Oh, she's like a Canadian YouTuber who um, I think like got uh, uh, got canned from Patreon with a bunch of other like super right wing people for trying to fund uh, the European Defense League. What? European Defense League is like uh, is a fucking group of neo-Nazis that were uh, that bought a boat and sailed it to the Mediterranean so they could get refugees. And 2000 of them already like die fucking every year i think while they're trying to cross into okay. europe um while they flee their like tyrannical yeah. dictatorships yeah. <laughs> uh or war that we have largely caused in that region um they wanted to uh fight off these refugee boats these migrant boats what yeah and lauren southern a canadian was like yeah no let's let's raise funds for that she's a youtuber yeah she's a canadian youtuber She's fairly famous in the alt-right community. She's very famous in the alt-right community. Laura Southern. Lauren. Lauren Southern. Southern. Okay, yeah. I'll look her up. That's crazy. Yeah, she's That's Canadian. fucked up. Yeah, she's like 22-year-old Canadian who's like, oh my God. I love the idea of drowning migrants. Like, I love it. You, Dude, your battery died. Holy shit. Damn. That's never happened before. Damn. Good it's shit. Well, Good shit. I'm sorry if it was it all remarkably boring. I, I found it really interesting. I am very interested in this stuff. I, just, I don't talk about it enough, and I, and I need to. So, yeah. like you said, it's like once you have a platform, it's like you kind of have a social responsibility to talk about this stuff, and I never do. So, it's. I don't to, know, man. I, look, I, I, think, I think there's a place for keeping things chill. I yeah. do. I really do. It's just that's not my place. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. But I think there is af- absolutely um, a profound importance of, for people like yourself that just like entertain people for mm-hmm. the sake of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and want to stay out of politics. Like if you want to personally learn more about it, then that's fine. Um, I think that everyone overall should be a little bit more educated mm-hmm. about this sort of stuff because it does affect their lives. Yeah. Um, oftentimes in negative ways and sometimes in positive ways. So yeah, there's definitely that aspect, but overall no one should know what, uh, you know, no one should know the fucking what pharmaceutical corporations like or, or like Johnson and Johnson is like paying how much money to fucking Cory Booker's campaign. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the reason why he's going a certain way on yeah. on um, legislation that revolves around uh, the pharmaceutical industry, because Johnson and Johnson is a massive fucking uh, massive uh, company in New Jersey. Yeah. Like it, that's. That's too like I mean I guess people should know that. That's oh, it's interesting. It's interesting. People should know that, uh, but like people should understand why politicians make certain decisions. Yeah. Um. You know, people should be more educated. Yeah. And and you know, but uh, overall, people should be able to escape those realities as well. I do believe that. That's why I watch a lot of anime and play video games. Do you watch anime? 
Do you watch anime? Do you? No, I want to get into it a little bit. I heard Death Note is really good. Oh, it's very good. I haven't seen the live action Netflix one yet. Um, I've heard that one's bad. Uh, everyone's saying that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just anime live action the... is really bad all the time, yeah. usually. Um, except for like Matrix, which was Ghost in the Shell ripoff. But, oh, really? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's oh, yeah. wind it down. Instagram. Hassan D. Hassan Piker. D. Piker on Instagram. On Twitter, it's Hassan the Hun. Um, H-A-S-A-N. T-H-E-H-U-N, like Attila the Hun, Hassan the Hun. And um, I do a lot of videos on Facebook. You can find them on YouTube at The Young Turks, but uh, mostly if you want to see all of my videos, you should go to my Facebook page, which is Hassan Piker on Facebook. Word. Yeah. Thanks for coming, bro. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was fun. Um, hopefully anyone, hopefully the four remaining people that came all the way over here... <laughs> Like, love you guys. <laughs> They're probably my fans that were like, yeah, I, I have to see this. I have to watch this. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.